Grace and peace. You're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a ministry devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians pray and think about race in ways that are biblical and helpful, clear and hopeful. You can learn more about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, previous episodes, and more. Grace and peace, and welcome to another episode of United We Pray. I'm Austin Suter, joined today by a special guest, Pastor Jerome Gay. Uh, Pastor Jerome is founder and president of The Urban Perspective. He's lead pastor of Teaching and Vision at Vision Church Raleigh, and he's the author of several books, including the forthcoming African Heroes, Discovering Our Christian Heritage. Pastor Jerome, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot for having me, Austin. I'm really excited to be here. We'll, uh, we'll get to that new book in a second, but I wanted to just give our folks an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. Uh, so where'd you grow up and how'd you come to know the Lord? Yeah, so I'm originally from uh, Washington, D.C., uh, born and raised there. I uh, was born and raised there. Um, right around the going towards uh, fifth grade or so, we relocated to Junction City, Kansas. So we went from Washington, D.C., <laughs> Uh, to Junction City, Kansas. So a huge Quite culture a shock. Yeah, huge change. My dad was in the military, so that was the oh. reason for that move. And we lived there for five years. We then moved back. We moved back to Washington, D.C. And it was there that my dad shared with me about his drug addiction. And that was, uh, I was 13 at the time. So that something that hit me extremely hard. Um, I was wondering why we, we moved so frequently. We then end up moving um, right across the street from a converted grocery store. It was a Safeway grocery store. And I remember the pastor would cornerly say, uh, now it is the Safeway because it went from a Safeway grocery store to a church. So uh, I, as a pastor now, I'll allow him that moment of pastoral right, yeah, coyness because I'm sure I've had plenty myself, <laughs> right? Um, but it was there I heard the gospel. He, he talked about what Christ had, did, uh, had done for us, um, defeating death, hell, sin, and the grave resurrecting on the third day and i it was a just traditional altar call i went forward and trusted christ at the age of 13 and at this altar call i got more than what i expected because in addition to the repeat after me and i believe i was you know the lord genuinely uh, drew me to himself he whispered in my ear preach a man and as a 13 year old who just got saved my theology at the time was i came up here to get jesus that's it uh, I didn't I didn't ask for any prophecies about me being in ministry. I didn't ask for any of that. Uh, but clearly uh, the prophecy was on point. Right. So uh, from 13 to 16, I really wrestled with my faith. And at 16, I felt like I heard the Lord calling me to ministry, specifically in North Carolina. Now, again, I'm 16. I'm a teenager, so I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I, I wouldn't use the term church planting. I use that now, but I didn't have that vernacular as a teenager back then going to Suitland High School in Maryland. But the the Lord really convicted me. I, I started some campus ministries when I got to school immediately, and the Lord confirmed uh, my call to ministry. And so I, I started a campus ministry. We did plays, step step teams. I, the Lord had me starting tons of things. And then eventually I served alongside another guy who's kind of the lead guy as a as an elder. Uh, unfortunately, that church split. Then I began to pursue some relationships to get trained. And in 2010, we planted Vision Church. And by God's grace, we're still here. 
And our vision is simple, to glorify God, make disciples. Those four words drive everything we do. So that's definitely a very abridged version, but that's kind of my story from 13 to now 44, uh, leading the church. Praise the Lord. What a great story. And so you felt this call to ministry as a young man. It's sort of confirmed over the years. Did you, at what point did you know writing was going to be a part of your ministry? So I, I don't manuscript. I do what's called what I call a, a detailed guide, which is almost a manuscript because, you know, I average between my messages in terms of on paper between 3,000, 4,000 words. This is for and your so, Sunday sermons? This is for my Sunday sermons. Yeah, this is my Sunday sermons. So uh, Dr. Eric Mason, spiritual mentor, spiritual father of mine, had been challenging me to write. Uh, one of the members of my church, who's now, I, who's an elder now, Sandy Roberts, he he had really challenged me, hey, man, you need to write. And so I finally kind of hopped out there. A buddy of mine told me about Sermon to Book, and I was like, well, what's that? And I, I actually used them for my first book, which was called Renewal, Grace and Redemption in the Story of Ruth. And I, they you know, took my sermon notes, but then also my audio and crafted it and helped me. You know, you know I read through it. I had to edit and go through. Uh, but then that just kind of put a bug in me. So I wrote Renewal. Then I wrote The Whitewashing of Christianity. Then I wrote uh, Talking to Your Children About Race. And then now my my full upcoming book, uh, you know, My Heritage, you know, teaching your children about African heroes of the faith. And so that's just that's been kind of my flow is getting it out there. I'm writing every week now. And so I'm always now when I write, I'm always thinking this potentially could be a book. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, but whitewashing was different because that wasn't a sermon series. I just had to do everything from scratch. So that that took a lot of work. One hundred books went into that that one book wow. uh, to write that one. Yeah. So you've written a number of books. We'll link to them in, in our show notes here so folks can get them. Uh, you've covered some difficult topics. Um, yeah. Do you have a particular audience in mind when you write? Yeah. So. Well, it, so it depends on what I'm writing. So, for instance, when I wrote The Whitewashing of Christianity, I didn't just write that for believers. It's written, it's written in a way for people who, who don't believe in Jesus, who don't believe in Christ, uh, or who are on the fringe, but they feel like Christianity is a white man's religion, and so they can't see themselves serving a God of oppression, right? So I, I, I kind of think of the audience that may not want to come to this side of the faith. So oftentimes I have an apologetic bent in what I write. And so like that book, I was targeting 18, uh, more 20 to 50 um, believers as well. So they'll, they'll get it and they'll be trained apologetically, but then also non-believers to answer some questions they may have about Ephesians 6, 5, slaves obey your masters. Let's explain that to people and not just assume that they know the context because they don't. Right. For some people, that's literally a deal breaker for them because they feel like God was affirming chattel slavery, which that's not what Paul had in mind. So we we have so just I'm writing in a way thinking about what are the objections to my faith. So now I'm coming to it, writing it in a way, not assuming what you know, but engaging some of your doubt and questions. That's really good. I love that from the apologetics perspective. So. Let's get to this new book, again, entitled uh, African Heroes Discovering Our Christian Heritage. Now, yep. this book is a little bit different from anything you've done up to this point because it's a children's book. What, yeah. what made you decide to, to write a children's book? So one of the things I talked about, so as I've gotten into writing, when I wrote The Whitewashing Christianity, 
And the subtitle is A Hidden Past, A Hurtful Present, and A Hopeful Future. And I'm going to make the connection as to why I'm bringing that up. One of the things I talk about in that book is how whitewashing starts so early as it relates to the Christian faith. And so we're given these Bibles with pictures and everyone in the Bible is, is white. So it's a white, it's a white Moses, a white Abraham. And then we even make the Egyptians white. So it's like everybody, white Samson, we might get, maybe get Samson because of dreads, you know, but it's like, you know, every, every, every character is presented as white. And I'm not saying we need to exclude because our faith is a mosaic. It's, it's beautiful, beautifully, culturally, ethnically, and racially diverse, but we don't see that in the imagery. Now, things are changing. So since I talked about that in my whitewashing book, I wanted to also create a resource that addressed that. And that's what this book does is now we're able to see these African fathers, philosophers and martyrs, you know, looking like people of looking like people of color, people from certain parts of Africa, because a lot of times that 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 hasn't been represented. So that's why I called it African Heroes. Um, and, and that's also, again, apologetic in nature for those who who don't know that Christianity was in Africa before the transatlantic slave trade. So then, I, you know, that subtitle, Discovering Our Christian Heritage, speaks to that. Like there is a rich heritage of African Christianity. And now we have a resource. We can teach our children about some of these African heroes of the faith. Well, thank you for writing it. Thank you for, for that answer and for the thoughtfulness that went into this book. I love this book. I can't wait to read this book with my kids. For listeners, the structure of the book is great because it, it just highlights the work and faithfulness of African saints in the early church. Uh, and I'll just say, yeah, I went to seminary and I took a lot of classes on the early church. I didn't know every name in this book. So it's, wow. it's educational. It was great. Um, do you think the early church in general and the African contribution in particular are – neglected by Christians today? And what effect do you think that has on us? Well, I wouldn't say they're completely neglected. So, I mean, who, who can deny that people refer to Augustine or Athanasius or Tertullian? What's missing, though, is they're presented as white men, uh, even Perpetua and Felicity, two African female martyrs. They're presented as two white women by a lot of the imagery. So I think that there is some acknowledgement of the contributions uh, but there is a intentional at, at times an intentional disregard for what they look like. And so I think we so there is a balance where the contributions of Africa and Africans should be accentuated and not ignored. And so uh, in some cases, yes, I do. I do think not enough people know or the, or they're quoted, but we don't know that they're from Africa. That part is left out. But we know we know about Wittenberg <laughs> and the Protestant yeah. Reformation. We we we're, we're sure to know about that. The ninety five thesis and these men, and we see the images planted. And I'm like, well, th- there's tons of history that preceded them, right? That there, there's even a guy named Stephanos who had to deal with some of the things that Luther and Calvin dealt with four hundred years before them. Two Catholics. So there's a reformation that precedes a reformation that took place in Africa that was led by African theologians. But we just don't know this stuff. And so uh, this is this isn't race baiting. It's like, hey, let's just present the full history because this stuff often gets ignored. Yeah, I yeah, uh, there's so much there and so many sort of trails I want to chase. I'm, I'm going to try and stick <laughs> to my plan here. Uh, I asked about audience earlier. And so who do you hope reads this particular book and what do you want them to get out of it? 
Yeah, so I, I just hope all I really want for this children's book, I want all families to read it. I I want families um, you know, to feel like they have a resource. So this is not you know, I don't I don't write thinking exclusionary. So it's not like this is just for black families. No. Right. I mean there 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 are transracial adoptions, right? So so there are family white families with black children who can benefit from this book. They're just white families that can benefit from this book. So I've I've written this to where we can teach our children church history, but also attributes from these theologians. So what you'll see with each one is like the theme of courage. So we see that with perpetual and felicity or just different things. And and, and, and some of these attributes cross over. And so I just want to kind of point out some of the things that are that are noteworthy. But again, we're not, for instance, for origin, we're not embracing everything. I'm talking about some of the good things origin did. Obviously not his masochism. Even Tertullian, I, I don't agree with his view of women and the Imago Dei. So, but, the, but there are aspects of, hey, the Trinity and some of the things he came up with that we can appreciate. And so that's what we want to do, you know, in this book. I was thinking about this earlier, how, as you mentioned, when I was a kid, all of my books, even, you know, my, my children's Bibles, everybody in there is white. Uh, and I can imagine if those are the only books available for, you know, a young black kid, how that would be difficult. But I was I was sort of thinking earlier about the effect that had on me as a white right. kid only ever seeing white folks. What what harm do you think that does? Well, yeah. So you you begin to view only major contributions um, to our faith as as done by white people. And we've seen this. I've seen the effects of this even in seminary. You know, I, I had a class, I had an Old Testament class where uh, a white student was literally trying to convince me. I, I want I want you also. He's literally trying to convince me that black people are inferior. His exact words because of the size of our noses. He, he's literally trying to convince me that white people are smarter because they have bigger noses. Now, if his theory was true, yeah. he was a genius. Because <laughs> he had a snouts on. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but but oh, you know, like goodness. he's literally trying to convince me of this, and and then he gives all of these white references, and that that was his justification. Because every everything that's been presented to him is like if it's noteworthy, if it's intellectual, if it's philosophical, if it's profoundly theological, it has to be from a white theologian, and that was affirmed in his experience. Now it wasn't necessarily said that, but that's what he, that was what was revealed to him. And so this book color corrects how we view a lot of these theologians because we just view them. And again, my seminary books had most of the names presented. Now some they didn't have, they didn't address, but they presented all. They presented Athanasius White, Augustine is White, and Tertullian is White in my seminary. So that's that's just what happens is that these these images is like hey they and and that's the thing we. This is one of the frustrating aspects. We make Northern Africa look like Southern Europe. Yeah, and, and I and I want and I want you to hear that. Like we, we don't even use terms like Southern Europe, but when it comes to Africa, we got to make these distinctions because we're trying to lighten their skin. They're the North Africans. Yeah, so it's like, well, no. So if they were there, so Alexandria somehow was all of a sudden white. Uh, then we get the name, the history, the history behind the name. But no, these were people of color, and so and 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 again, that that's not what qualifies them. But we should not negate or ignore that either. And so that's what I wanted to do: is hey, provide this resource. Let's let's celebrate because the answer to whitewashing isn't blackwashing, but let's just celebrate the vast diversity that is the body of Christ. 
Well, even in just that answer, I'm sorry for the levels of ignorance you've had to deal with in seminary and beyond. I'm, I feel I'm sorry for that. And it's particularly no, egregious in this just because in the providence of God, in the history of the church, like the, the intellect of the church got serious in Africa. Like the, the, the mind of the church started to really grow and take hold and, and serious theological work came out of Africa very early on. And we just yeah. skip that in so much of our telling of history. Yeah, we just immediately, go, again, we, we go to the Protestant Reformation. But I mean, like, if you just look at the work of Athanasius at the Council of Nicaea, oh my know, this African bishop, yeah, this African, you know, African theologian, what he has presented for us, you know, going against Arius. You know, through Arius, we get this Jehovah's Witness doctrine, but we, we have this creed, begotten, not made within the Nicene Creed, affirming the deity of our God. And this comes from an African mind, you know, and so that's, that's something we should celebrate. I appreciate Thomas Oden's work, How Africa Shaped the Christian Mind. It's a great piece of work. Yes, thank that, you for plugging that. That shows and highlights, you know, highlights the contributions from Africa. We mentioned sort of the, the harm that can come from underrepresentation or a selective representation, but I appreciate yeah. you mentioning the positive attributes of the folks you're highlighting. So this is not... This is, this is an education and a correction at multiple levels. So while you're presenting folks who uh, might not have had the same representation or treatment in years past, you're also just highlighting their character attributes in a way that highlights their contributions as individuals independent of anything else. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's the point. It's like we, we need to think of Africa outside of jungle – in animals that's there praise god but they're more we, africa brings more to the table than that and when, when we talk about african spirituality while there obviously is polytheism you can find polytheism anywhere right there were monotheistic religions christianity being one of them uh, that thrived in africa and was shaped by african theologians who are still impacting us today, i.e. Tertullian, Athanasius, Augustine, right? Um, but then you have Shenouda of Atreep, where he he gives us this idea of contemplative meditation on the Lord. You know, so you you uh, he had something known as the White uh, Monastery, um, this place for people to worship. You know, I mean, white because of the walls uh, of the building. You know, so we, we have these people that some of us are unaware. We have a Pacomius, right? So it's important that we just begin to dig into that but then, I, again, I wanted to put it on a, a, a way where a child can learn these things and prayerfully get take some interest early in church history. Because it, here's here's my contention, Austin, and this this is my apologetics, you know, gene coming out. Right. We're telling the world that there's one way. One faith and one book for eight billion people, which I agree with. But if we're going to make that claim we better be able to defend it. Yeah. And history is one of the ways we can defend our faith. So if we're making such an audacious claim that there's one book for 8 billion people, then we need to know, we, we need to know our book, but we also need to know more than our book. We need to know some history because some people are going to dismiss the Bible and we can argue our faith through history. And that's the beauty of the church fathers and the church martyrs and the, and the philosophers is we have extra biblical primary sources of people writing about him that we can refer to as well. 
That's so good. And it two of our listeners will be interested in this, but just an example of this that you're talking about is when you start reading on the the canon and the agreement of what even made up scripture, a lot of what they did yeah. is they went to the early church writings and yep. a lot of the African theologians who were quoting the scripture as scripture, as authoritative. Yes. And it's, it like you say, it all ties together. Yeah. So when we get to the uh, the council of Carthage in 397 and we're kind of closing this canon Look at what we have here. And so it's not that they made up the books of the Bible. They're like, hey, they're they're distinguishing that from the Apocrypha right? Um, written during a period of silence. And now we're able to see, again, this rich history, a lot, not exclusively, but a lot that came out of Africa that affirmed this. And so that's that's why I kind of have that that subtitle. Right. It's like, you, you know, we're just appreciating, discovering our Christian heritage. Um, and we and we can find it within these African heroes. Well, one of the reasons I think this book is so good is because there's so many layers and levels at which you can engage the book. And I, I just appreciate that, how I think there's, you know, parents who are reading this book with their kids are going to be blessed by it. They're going to learn from it, and they're going to learn multiple things. They're going to learn history, they're going to learn theology, and they're going to learn yeah. something about representation through this. And kids yeah. at various points are going to pick up on different parts of that, maybe not all at once or right at first, but... I think this book is going to uh, be useful for long periods of time for uh, for families and parents. Now, thank you for saying that, because that's that's my hope with really. I think that's a goal of any author is ultimately you pray that your work outlives you um, not to be morbid. But it's like, you know, we're not physically not going to be here forever. And as you know, as a believer, I believe I will. Right. But, you know, just this body. Right. Um, you know, you're, you're hoping. So I'm, I'm, that's my prayer for my whitewashing book. Let prayerfully this gets in schools, even something like this. This can get on an elementary level and that families can can have this as a resource. And so thank you for saying that. That's that's really the heart of, I think, of any author. Absolutely. And I, I think it's going to have a lot of staying power. I what another thing I meant by that is like I have little kids. And uh, they, they really like books. We do a lot of reading in my house. And awesome. there are some books we use for 15 minutes. And it's like you read it one time and we're good. We don't have to revisit that one or the kids lose interest. <laughs> and But yeah. there's a few classics that I've been reading to my soon-to-be three-year-old since she was born and she still wants to read them. I think this book is going to be like that. I think kids are going to oh, awesome. wow. stay interested in this book for a long period of time. Nah, thank you for that, Austin. I think that's that's awesome, man. I I I hope I hope. So, what's your daughter's name? Daughter's name is Araya. Araya, I, I hope that's the case, man. But thank, that's awesome, man. I'm glad she's an avid reader and she's starting early. Absolutely, I can't wait to to get her this one, folks. We will link to it in the show notes. Uh, you can pre-order it now. It comes out in October. Um, Pastor Jerome, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate your work. Would you join me in praying for Christians? to reflect well on the past, to celebrate God's work across culture and time, that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. All right. Father, we're, we're thankful, God, uh, for this day. I'm grateful for Austin and this this platform, him and Isaac, Lord. I, I pray that you will bless the listeners and everyone who's heard this discussion today, that they will hear the heart of this, Lord, that, that you are not a God that shows favoritism as you have James Wright. But you are God who extends this idea of your grace and your mercy to all people. And in your providence, you've used people of all hues in your plan of redemption. 
ultimately to draw people to yourself. So I pray that as people are listening, Lord, that we can appreciate just the the history, Lord, as we, we read in Hebrews, right, this cloud of witnesses and what we call the hall of faith of people, imperfect people that you use to be a part of your perfect plan. And we can see that in Africa and beyond. And so as we celebrate the contributions of these theologians and these martyrs, God, we know uh, we're not worshiping them. We're worshiping you that you have drawn people to yourself. You use people from every continent, all seven, for your glory. And so we pray that you continue to do that, God, and that the body of Christ will display this diverse unity and that we'll appreciate the different contributions, the different giftings, but ultimately that all the worship and glory and honor comes back to you. Uh, so we thank you, we honor you, and we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Father, I echo everything Pastor Jerome just said, and I just pray that this good work and others like it encourage your people to uh, acknowledge your work um, and acknowledge that your kingdom is bigger than what's going on in our individual lives and cultures. Lord, forgive us for the ways we are small-minded about that. Forgive us for the ways we mistreat each other um, mm. and assume cultural or ethnic superiority, God, forgive us for that and point us to better ways forward so that we may love each other better as you have called us. And as you've said that uh, in, a, in a way that will show the truthfulness of your claims about uh, us and about yourself. So Lord, make us more unified and may that be a witness to the watching world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for this great book. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, man. Can I, can I point people to my website? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so in light of this conversation, um, if people go to JeromeGayJr.com, J-E-R-O-M-E-G-A-Y-J-R.com, they can get signed copies. Uh, I really, I, I'm hoping people go to my site for this upcoming book, but also okay. there uh, to our conversation, Austin, uh, my wife started a clothing line called I Am Apparel, IamApparel.net, and they can get shirts with these African Christian martyrs on the shirts. So that's another way that we can get that representation out there. And it's a good conversation starter. Um, so about I was Athanasius. at a church conference a few months ago, and I saw someone with an Athanasius hoodie, and <laughs> yeah, I couldn't up. make it over to him. I was like, that's the coolest hoodie I've ever seen. I must have one. And it wasn't until yeah. I was on your website so that I found Providence. out where it was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, I am apparel.net, man. You'll, you'll see we got all of them up there, man. A perpetual Felicity on one. So, yeah, we got T-shirts, hoodies, and it's just a great conversation starter. And 10 percent of all the proceeds go to uh, missionaries in Ghana. Uh, we planted oh, wow. a church called Hope Community Church. We bought some land to build a school for children with special needs in Navrongo, Ghana. And so 10 percent goes to them if they uh, support I Am Apparel. That's great. We will definitely link to all of that in the show notes. So and uh yeah, make sure you check out Pastor Jerome's website and try to get the book from there. So thank you very much for listening. Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of United We Pray. You can find more information about our work at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com. United We Pray is a donor-supported ministry, and if you are interested in supporting our work, you can find out more information on the website. In prayer.